Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Time now for Dan Issel and Louis Rabot, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Dan and Louis. Good Monday morning, everybody. This is Issel and Louis on ESPN 680, 105.7 and the ESPN Louisville app. However you're listening this morning, we appreciate you tuning in. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by KentuckyTourism.com. Mr. Rabot is on vacation this week and sitting in for Louis is his partner on the Horse Racing Happy Hour podcast. Mr. Oh, and I have to add, and huge UK fan, huge. Mr. Mike Gandolfo. Mike, how are you? Oh, and there's no better way to forget about a terrible weekend of basketball like the Super Bowl, right? So, uh. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of things to talk about this morning. Absolutely. I, are you a golf fan? I mean, I watch golf, and I've been to a couple of the PGA events when they've been at Valhalla, and they've been awesome. And uh, um, but I, I don't like. I don't completely dive into it. Yeah, I, for for some reason, I, I I don't play golf, and when I did play golf, I was terrible. But I really enjoy watching the golf tournaments on television. I, I watched the entire final round yesterday of the uh, waste management uh, down at Phoenix, and uh, thanks to LIV, and I think the people that play on the PGA Tour ought to quit knocking. LIV because of them some guys took some huge paychecks home yesterday from that so we could talk about that we of course can talk about Louisville wasting a, a great offensive game uh, because they can't guard anybody we'll talk about the Super Bowl but uh, let, let's start with that terrible <laughs> loss at Georgia on Saturday what what were your takeaways from that game uh, I mean when you struggle to score and you struggle to defend you're probably going to lose so i guess that's probably the biggest takeaway there is right Dan? all I mean, right well moving on <laughs> you know i honestly like I, and I, for me like it's been very reflective about just um and I, it's interesting and again i don't know how much you take i know you're not afraid to take people to task so you know i think when cal perry was hired um we were we were cautiously optimistic and excited right i mean i think a lot of uk fans had a feeling of who they were getting in bed with, although I don't think it was exactly what we thought it was from that standpoint. I think you know, they, I think most people were just wondering, you know, if if there's a culture of cheating that goes along with that or not, and it's obviously something that we as Kentucky fans, you know, when I grew up, because my formidable years as a Kentucky fan was really when Joe B retired and Eddie Sutton was hired, and going through that whole Kentucky shame thing was awful. But then how Rick 
brought us out of it was probably about as important to me as what it meant to be a basketball fan than anything. You know, I, I was at Rupp Arena when they retired the four jerseys of those seniors after that Duke game and uh, all that stuff. So I just look at from a Kentucky basketball standpoint the roller coaster that they've gone on since he's been hired, and uh, and, and specifically what's happened the last. You know, I know people want to say since he got the lifetime contract, but I, I honestly believe it began before that. Um, you know, for whatever reason, it's just not it's just not working anymore. You know, just uh, and I know that there's been we had Dan Wolcom put the article out that it's time for Cal to go, and then we got DeCourcy defending the coach to the nth degree. So you know, it's 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 just an interesting time to be a Kentucky fan, and I think uh, the sad thing is now, Dan, is that with the football season officially being over. We're in a time where the fans around here are going to go into a sports drought because baseball is getting ready to start and there's not going to be much to look forward to in March. <laughs> that it's, pro- it's probably kind of unprecedented. We'll, we should be talking a lot of horse racing. That's all so, I know. So, I, so I, I, I'm gleaning from, this, uh, from your comments that you don't think Kentucky makes the NCAA tournament now. Uh, I would say going into last week, I was like, okay, you know what? They can finish the season six and two and – you know, and then I started wondering, like your bet with Louie about them being a, a better than a ten seed. Does that only apply to the NCAA tournament, or if they're like if they're a three seed in the NIT? Do you still <laughs> hey, win? Hey, good point. You just gave me a loophole, <laughs> right? Uh, so, <laughs> I after the Georgia game, I texted Louie. I said, "Will you take ninety dollars?" And he just put a ha ha <laughs> on my text. So I think he's looking for the full one hundred. But I, I, you know. First of all, the Cal, because of his contract situation, and uh, I, I think also because of uh, his personality and his ego, he's not going anywhere. Nope. So you can so you can forget you know all these GoFundMe accounts to buy him out and all, and you know it's time for Cal to go. You can forget about all of that because Cal will go when Cal wants to go and not not a second before that and and i've said all season that i I look at this team mike and something is just not right and and i can't put my finger on it but i'm starting to lean to the point that this team's basketball iq is is negligible i mean it's just they they are so inconsistent they don't they from they're inconsistent from game to game they're inconsistent from half to half they're inconsistent from possession to possession i i looked at that at that uh, the way they were playing the pick and roll and they stuffed the pick and roll with oscar so that the guard with the basketball can't make a pass i said great they finally figured it out. They've got Oscar where he knows what he's doing. They're, they're going to take away the pick and roll. The very next possession, Wallace goes under the screen. The guy stops and hits a three-pointer. Now, is that Cal's fault? Because I know what Cal told him. Cal told him, go over the screen, stuff the ball handler, and make him give it up to a wing. I know that's what he told them. And then the next possession, Wallace goes under, and they knock down a three-pointer. They're supposed to they're supposed to double the post. And they double the post sometimes, 
And sometimes they just don't double the post. And they don't, uh, you know, on the offensive end, uh, there, there, there is no, there's no continuity to the offense. It's just, it's hard to fathom that a team this talented can play that poorly. And and I just, that's the only thing I can put my finger on. They, and even Oscar said after the game, he said, you know, the coaches tell us what to do, and sometimes we don't do it. <laughs> what? What? I think that's so, going on in both um, places, actually. It's probably – I think the Kentucky and Louisville seasons are more similar than people want to actually recognize. Well, that game – that game on – those games on Saturday, I, I mean, were almost, almost identical in the fact that they couldn't guard anybody. In, in the Kentucky game, uh, you know, and you can make stats, you know, prove or disprove any point you want. But in the Kentucky game – Kentucky was whistled for 23 personal fouls and Georgia 16. As a result, Mike, Georgia outscored Kentucky by 14 points from the free throw line. Yep. They only missed 25 or 29 is impressive, by the way. Okay. Now, look at the Louisville Louisville Miami game. Louisville was whistled for 23 personal fouls. The exact number that were called that was called on Kentucky, and Miami was called for fourteen, two less than Georgia, and Miami outscores Louisville from the free throw line by guess how many? Fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> so those those two games. I mean, to your point, I mean Kentucky obviously is better than Louisville, but to your point, those games on Saturday were almost identical. And I think also just when you mirror from what the expectations were for the season and exactly what's happened, I mean, I think the the drop-off is probably – actually, I still think it's a little bit more severe at Kentucky than from where the expectations are were at the beginning of the year. Although being historically bad in Louisville is, you know, tough too. So it's just, you know, when you're projected top five, this is and this is going back to my original point, like I have not been a Cal guy for a number of years. And it's for me, it's been over. I'm ready for guys, you know. And I don't know. I don't know what the new adjustment to uh, basketball is. One of the things I actually want to talk to you about, like the the parity in the NFL, to me is actually we're kind of seeing that parity in college basketball too because no of the question. transfer portal and NIL has kind of created that. No question. Um, which has been interesting. But I also, you know, I, I miss the days where we had freaking teams that stuck around for three to four years, where you got to know the people and you got to see these. I know I sound like an old man talking right now too, but at the end of the day. A senior in the NCAA tournament, or a senior in February, March, who knows that his basketball career is about to be over, can overcome the talent gap probably 75-80% of the time. Mm. When that kid's, you know, when the person on the other side is playing for what's going to happen in a draft in June versus your basketball career being over. Yeah. And we, I think we see that a lot in the NCAA tournament, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm just... Uh, I'm I'm to the point right now though like it's it's very frustrating you're looking at a week this week that could be you know they could turn it around and get two wins they've already beat Tennessee at Tennessee but I I can't I just not in good faith can even think that that game Saturday is going to be a win and then you go down to Mississippi State that honestly I would have told you even before that it's kind of a coin flip because that's a really tough place to play and uh, now that looks you know after they beat Arkansas although I would say that that Arkansas team was two completely totally different teams too like 
they weren't nearly as aggressive in that Mississippi State game as they were against Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. So how much of a pass do you give the Wildcats uh, for the fact that, uh, you know, they were without Wheeler and without Frederick? Well, all right, so first off, I think being without Wheeler helps you, so I'm not... (laughs) Well, we're on the same page. I I think you and I had that conversation back in the uh, late fall when we were talking about the seasons, like if Savier Wheeler's your starting point guard in February, you're not going to do anything in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's the, by the way, that's the guy, that's the only time you go underneath that screen, Dan, is if Savier Wheeler's coming over the top of it. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, and going, going back to that, that screen, uh, the, you know, the defensive side of the things is really where my frustrations with Cal's always been. And I think he's always had the athletes to over, to make it look like he's got a good defensive scheme. But, there's, they've always been inconsistent in how they handle screens. They trail more weak side screens than any country in the America. Like if people just curled against them, they would they would find themselves wide open. And this team, for whatever reason, without any kind of shot blocking presence whatsoever. But even then, like you just look at the the there's a huge hole defensively in the lane almost at all times, and they could not stop penetration against Georgia at all. I no, mean, that's why they no. got to the free throw line as much as they did. That's right, downhill. And it's, I mean, and then that, so there's no help side defense. There's no, I mean, it's it's strictly, this team is not, this team is full of basketball players that need to fit into a scheme. Like when I used to go recruiting at events, we, you, you, the team that won the AAU tournament was re- rarely the team that had the best players. So it was usually the team that had the best scheme that they'd been playing together since they were in the third grade or whatever. Mm. But, uh, and so, but those guys would never go on to do anything. I think we got a lot of guys that could need to fit into a scheme, and the scheme is not clearly defined of what that is. So we don't get the inside out threes. We don't get the the you know we get the. I, I was I started tracking shots like just quality of shots. Like we take a lot of, you know, not like awful shots early in the shot clock, but probably shots that are more like if you were grading them on the A B C D E F or A B C D F scale, probably B minus C shots early in the shot clock instead of taking you know working to get a really good shot and then you know late in the shot clock taking that shot I, it just yeah. it just i don't know baffles me well and the other thing that baffles me is <clears throat> how poorly this team starts oh, o- yeah. almost without exception you know they're down eight nothing, ten two in in every game they play, and and against Georgia, as as important as that guy, and 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 here's what I would say about injuries, is in the short term, in the short term. Now you can't make up for it, you know, for weeks at a time, but in the short term, good teams rally round a guy being out, mm-hmm. and they and they all step up and play better. And and that that just doesn't happen with this team. They missed in, in a game as important as this game was to their NCAA hopes. And and I think Mike, this loss it's not as bad. And I don't pay much attention to all those quad stuff. Maybe I should, but this is a quad two loss. And South Carolina was a quad four. This loss was as almost as bad. It, only the fact that. The South Carolina game was at home, right? And this one was on the road. Makes it distinguishable. I mean, it's to, in my mind, this is almost as bad as losing to South Carolina. And they come out 
<clears throat> they come out in an important game, and Georgia is going nowhere. What did Georgia – Georgia had lost five out of their last six yeah, or something? something like, crazy like that, yeah. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. And they come out, and they're the aggressor. And, and Kentucky misses, I think it was 13 out of their first 14 shots. How does that happen? How does that happen? And, 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 and you know, as I, I said before, what, what baffles me is how inconsistent this team is. I mean, Cason Wallace at times looks like the lottery pick he's supposed to be. And then at other times, he looks like he'd be lucky to be playing in the G League. I mean, how how you, how from one game to the other do you play that well and that poorly? I, I just don't get it. And he's an interesting case for me because I, you know, I think he, um, I, I think I think he's the person who's going to tell you how we're going to play. I think he's the one who sets the tone for how we're going to play. No, no question about it. You know, at the next level, Dan, being a guy who's been making these draft, you've made draft picks in the past, obviously. And is he a good enough ball handler? To really do what he needs to do at the NBA level, yeah, you know, you can you can question that. Uh, the the thing the thing that's about the draft, and we talked about this last week. Uh, <clears throat> here of 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 somebody took a poll, thirty college people. Okay, okay, who are the top twenty five players? No, I'm sorry, who are the top twenty players in college basketball? There were two freshmen on on in in that on that list, the Miller kid uh, at Alabama mm-hmm. who will be a top five pick. No obviously. doubt about it. And uh, I forget who the uh, other kid well, not was. the kid from ta- Kansas. I mean, uh, no, no, no. He no Grady Dick wasn't on the list. Uh, um, that uh, you, know, you got the Nick Smith kid who's been hurt a little bit at Arkansas. No, maybe I forget. Anyway, there were two freshmen on the list. Okay. Then you uh, you flip the page and look at the mock draft. It's full of freshmen. No, no. The 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 lottery did not have an upperclassman in it. Now, how can there be that much discrepancy? You're absolutely right, Mike. They draft these kids on potential, and and potential is a is a French word that means not worth a darn. And so that, but but they're all afraid that they're going to draft Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. They're all scared to death. That's what's going to happen. And so it's it's amazing to me. But getting getting back to uh, to Kentucky and their. Uh, their inability to, to execute. Um, let's take a look at what they have. You mentioned Mississippi State Wednesday. Yes. They've won, after, after starting one and seven in the SEC, they've now won five in a row. And as you mentioned, they beat Arkansas, who handled us pretty handily. Then, next, uh, next Saturday, they've got Tennessee coming in. Tennessee has lost two games in a row at the buzzer with a three-point. And it was wild on Saturday. I don't know if you watched it or not, but it was it was wild. <laughs> I mean, they they had to come up with a way how to lose that game. So <laughs> then they're at Florida. Florida, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Saturday before last played them to a five-point five point game. game. Yep. Yeah, they're at Florida. Auburn comes to town. 
Then they Vandy comes to town, Who and Vandy's playing yeah. much better. They beat Tennessee at home, and they beat Florida on the road. Stackhouse has got that team playing pretty well, and then they have to go to Arkansas. I, I don't know if they go three and three in these six games, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you very well could be right. I, I mean, who, who on that list? Who can you say definitely? Maybe Vandy at home. I mean, that's I, your I best. That's your best chance for a win, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then the Mississippi State game would be after that. But I, I mean, it's. They got a tough end of the year, and then you going back to what you were talking about about the bad starts. I think one of the things I'm looking for for a college team in this time of the year is number one, how are they handling? Like you, you get to this point of the year, and the season's long, right? I mean, you there's some people that are just like it's. You've been doing this for a long time. It's it's tiring. But then, how do you handle the sense of urgency? Do you handle it? Does the sense of urgency is it something you rise up to, or is it something that you back away from? And I've gotten – we have no evidence to say that this team is going to rise up to the sense of urgency. No, none. If, if they had, they, would have, they wouldn't have lost the game in Georgia. If they had, they wouldn't have come out and laid an egg in the second half against Arkansas. So, I, I, do you know, does a team, since the NCAA has taken over the NIT. Yes, which is does, recent. Does a team have to go to the NIT? Ooh. Uh, like, can they decline a bid? Yeah. I feel like someone last year declined a bid. Okay. Yeah, right. I'll, 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 I'll research that. Because, that, I mean, that, that, that's the last thing this team needs. If they don't make the tournament. And if they go 3-3 three and three the rest of the way... I, I don't see how they do make the tournament, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't. I think any hope that they have would have to be. I mean, what do they have to do? Do they have to go five and one? Do they have to go? Would four and two and maybe a deep run the SEC tournament would probably get them in? Yes, if they go four and two, because some of those some of those wins, if they go four and two, some of those wins would be against odd one teams, uh, but then they'd have to win. You know, two or three games in the, in the tournament. And do right you have now, any evidence that says that this team can win three games in a row against a quality no, opponent on no. that's away from home? No, no, not at all. So, I, I asked uh, a, a former Kentucky basketball player um, yesterday, or not yesterday. It was uh, no, it was Saturday after the game. It was Saturday after the game. I said, okay. uh, I said, when's the last time you had fun watching Kentucky basketball? And his answer was that he enjoyed watching the Malik Monk team, but probably was the last time that they, they had, he had fun watching them play. Mm. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a common question I think I ask a lot of Kentucky fans. It's like, you know, even when this team was starting to look like they were turning around, like when's the last time you really enjoyed watching Kentucky basketball? And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a while, Dan. It's been, it's been well, a while. I, and, and I think the more important question, Mike, is when was the last time these kids had fun playing basketball at Kentucky? And, and I don't know if it's the expectation. I don't know if it's Big, Big Blue Nation and the pressure that they bring on this program. I don't know if it's social media. But these kids, I mean, they walk out to the center jump circle and they're look, they look like they're you know having their last cigarette before execution. 
I mean, it's just, to me, and, and Cal even said last week, he said, I told him, smile, enjoy yourself, have fun. But it, it sure doesn't look, you know, and especially now that they are so far below expectations, it doesn't look like anybody's having fun on that team to me. Did you, ha- did you experience any of that, like coming in right after the 66 Texas Western loss? They hadn't won a championship since 1958. Which I know sounds ludicrous, but you know they were dominant in the ten years before that, right? So, um, what was that like culture like for you? Like when what kind of what were the expectations like? Well, the the expectations were to win. There's no question about that. But you know we didn't have all this outside pressure. I mean, there wasn't any social media. There was there wasn't there wasn't any. Uh, did talk he have show, a, He didn't have a radio show? show. Did he have a radio show on like LAP or anything like that or? Who? Uh, Adolph Rupp? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But, you know, he was – that that was entertaining. But, you know, it, it – that if you question – I've told this story before. There was a writer for the Courier-Journal by the name of Tev Lauterman, T-E-V Lauterman. Uh-huh. And he wrote – he wrote a, a critical article about Coach Rupp. And the next time he came to Memorial Coliseum – he didn't have a place at press row. That's, that's, that's how Coach Rupp dealt with the media. So, it, but, but, you know, there were – I mean, you knew you were playing for Kentucky. You knew you were supposed to win the game. But we had – you know, and, and there, there wasn't – and I say the same thing about pro basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, the salaries weren't outrageous. I mean, we were making – we were making a nice living. It wasn't anything stupid like it is now. But the enjoyment we had, Mike, was kicking somebody's tail. That's, that was the fun part. Going out and, and imposing your will on another team and winning the basketball game. And thank goodness we did a lot of that when we were at Kentucky. And it got better as it went along. Uh, I want to mention... One thing, and and Mike and I have always contended that if Mike Casey had not had his automobile accident before and missed our senior Mm. year, we would have had a good shot to win a championship that year. And over the weekend, Mark's story, and I don't, do you subscribe to the Herald Leader? I do not. Uh, You should. Okay. Because they've got uh, tomorrow, Cam Drummond. Will uh, will fill in? Be, fill be in for the fill in. in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you how, what, what did you have? Something you had to do? You I, kick- I have to work a little bit this week. So, <laughs> so, so you get kicked out tomorrow, Cam yes. Drummond. But um, they their coverage of Kentucky athletics is is just phenomenal. They've got really good writers and really good columnists. And Mark Story over the weekend. Uh, talking about Mike's uh, jersey retirement, uh, I came up with a list of the eight players that he think should be next to have their jersey retired at UK. And number one on the list, which I could not agree with more, was Mike Casey. Because, uh, you know, it's it's lost how good Case was. And um, so that was uh, – you, you ought to subscribe to it because uh, – they cover Kentucky athletics terrifically. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, going again, that was a little bit before my time. 
<laughs> but uh, obviously he was a, a very important player. I mean, having that kind because of, he, he was a post player, correct? No, no, he was a. He, Who am he I was, getting confused he, with? He was a. He was a Larry Bird type player. So he, he, was, he was like you. He, he could handle the ball. He could shoot the ball. Uh, after his retire, uh, after his accident, he came back. He redshirted our senior year. Came back and played uh, the following year, but he was never close to the same player. He was the leading scorer when we were sophomores. Um, you know. Uh, 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 Kentucky was coming off Coach Rupp's worst worst season. They were this was a year after Texas Western with Pat Riley and Louis Dampier mm-hmm. seniors. They were thirteen and thirteen. And in the forty two years that Coach Rupp was at Kentucky, that was the worst record he ever had. So we came in and he started uh the following year we started uh three sophomores. Uh Mike uh Casey Pratt and me and that that sophomore our sophomore year Casey was the leading scorer on the team hmm wow yeah so it really would have been having like two versions of you on the floor well I don't he was a much better passer than I (laughs) defensively uh well yeah he was better than that too (laughs) oh man that's too funny Well, do we want to go ahead and take our first break here, Dan? Yeah, I I want to catch up a a couple of things. Uh, Over the weekend, uh, Louie had his his scholastic uh, exercise. Yeah, Yeah, and I just want to uh, provide an update. Uh, 15 out of the 22 uh, kids on his team uh, advanced to the regionals. Wow. Uh, The other seven immediately entered the transfer portal and they will be they will be representing a different elementary school oh, next man. year but uh, <laughs> he he uh, i i get i guess they really uh, really really had a good time but yeah uh, uh, again, uh, this hour of the show is brought to you by our friends at Kentucky Tourism. When you're ready to explore the outdoors, there's no better place than home. Hike, bike, paddle, fish, or even venture deep underground, this is Kentucky. Plan your summer getaway today at KentuckyTourism.com. This segment with Dan Issel and Louis Rabot is presented by KentuckyTourism.com. And welcome back. This is Issel and Louis, and sitting in for Louis this week while uh, the Rabots are taking a vacation. Mike, I didn't know you could take a vacation. I didn't. I don't. I didn't know that was allowable at uh, at ESPN Louisville. I guess, you know, Louis, Louis is such a prima donna, he probably put that in his contract early on, you know, negotiated all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's. Whoa, wait, wait, whoa, wait, wait a second. You can have contracts, too? I guess, I guess so. Oh, you know, I don't man. know. I don't I'm know what he has. He added, he just, you know, negotiated another zero on his contract and just, you know, added vacation time. I don't know what he did, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sitting in for Mike this week, excuse me, Louis. sitting in for Louis this week is Mike Gandolfo. Um, and Mike is Louie's partner on the uh, Horse Racing Happy Hour, uh, and you can get that podcast wherever you get podcasts. How long have you been doing that, Mike? 
I've been doing uh, the podcast with Louie for three years, but I've done a horse racing podcast of some sort probably for about six or so. And um, yeah, so it's it's been good. It's been fun. You know, we saw a big upset in the Suncoast this weekend. It's uh, in the in one of the Oaks Prep races. Uh, It was it was crazy. And then we saw two. We had the Withers and the Sam F. Davis this weekend on the road to the Derby Trail with uh, two horses that I'm not giving a whole lot of stock to. Horses we might see in the race, but I don't think we saw a contender this weekend. Um, And then uh, it starts getting real, I think, this weekend with the Risen Star. Yeah, no, no, there's no question about that. That the Risen Star is is that the first uh, fifty, 50 point, point? Yep, first yeah. fifty point race, and yeah. we're gonna see. I mean, you're gonna see five horses that are gonna get some some that are gonna get talked about. I think on the first Saturday of May, if they if they lease uh, if they get that far. So, well, Brad Cox, our our buddy from Louisville, uh, who has just had a phenomenal career at a young, at a young age. He's, he's challenging Baffert. He's got, he's got as many horses on the Derby trail as Bob does right now. And I think he's got three in the risen. Star. I believe he's got more than Baffert does. And uh, Baffert just had one of his, who is being taken off the trail. Yeah. Uh, Newgate an injury. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but between Cox, Baffert and Pletcher, uh, they make up like a, it's a stupid n- a number of let's say twenty eight percent of the entries yeah, are, that are yeah. triple crown nominated or something like that and right um, and then of course we're going to be watching to see if we get Bob Baffert news this week to see if he's going to be allowed to train his horses or not uh, because they're getting to the point where they're going to have to get shipped to another barn and one of the horses in the Risen Star this weekend is actually a horse where the owners went ahead and made that decision and pulled them from uh, Baffert's barn and put them in Asmussen's barn so uh, fifteen days. 15 days the last day of february uh they have to be in somebody else's barn or they can't run in the do you think the judge even cares about that date though uh well what's interesting is that now uh the the uh, baffert's attorneys have come back and said because her husband is a lobbyist for some of the horse racing um entities that she she should recruit her is that the word yeah i know what you're saying (laughs) Recuse, recuse herself. Recuse. I don't think there's a second R, yeah. Yeah, yeah. anyway, she ought to get out of there and let some other judge. Well, if they change judges now, there's no way a decision comes down before the end of February. Right. And so uh, it it was an interesting take because I don't know if that, when they filed that, I I thought the same thing. It's like, how is this in Baffert's best interest? I mean, they're better rolling the dice um, than trying to get this judge recused. But yeah, yeah. um, yeah. You know, hey, uh, Avery, I, I just saw that uh, we have some sound. We talked about uh, Kentucky and their uh, their uh, loss to Georgia on Saturday. Uh, I, I Can you play Cal number three, the opportunities? Because we talked about how difficult the schedule is. I want to hear what Cal has to say about the opportunities against ranked teams. All I can tell you, here's what's great. We got a kind of schedule that let's go win games and we'll be fine. Just you're going to have to win games. There are games that we're playing against teams that you beat those teams, you're fine. And we're whether we're healthy or not, we're going to have to go at those teams, and those are going to be important games for us. But we have them. It's not like we don't have any other chances to go get this right, and we do. So I'm I'm fine. I'm not happy we lost. I'm not happy when you're up four, we do the stuff we do. Not happy for some breakdowns, but we're going to learn and get better. 
and then we got games we got to get. This this one coming up Wednesday is it Mississippi State? Hard game down there. Come on, and they're going to smell blood and water. Are we going to be healthy? I have no idea. Yeah, I, he's he's absolutely right. But uh, Mike, is it too late? I mean, we're talking. We're in the middle of February. Is it too late to talk about fixing things? Uh, I mean, when I was coaching, I know, like, I never wanted to mess with a kid's shot during the season, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of have to figure out how to take what you got and make it work in your favor, you know, as much as possible. And, um, again, one of the things I'd like to see them do is, like, I like to see them be a little bit more disruptive on defense and, yeah. and just not so passive. I think that's – if you're going to make a change, I think that's the easiest change to make is get – more disruptive on defense, and then let your defense lead to easy offense because that helps you get your offense back on track. Yeah. No, I, but he's right. He's right. They they still – They have if, opportunities. If, they, if yeah. they win some of these games, but I nothing I've seen the last few weeks gives me any confidence that they're going to win a lot of these games coming up. I would agree. Yeah. And you know what? They're not the only blue blood that's in trouble because we're seeing the same thing at Carolina and – and it's 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 been a very interesting year from that standpoint. If you I I didn't do this yet, but I'd love to take that preseason top twenty five and just overlay it with where we are right now. And um, <laughs> you know it's and then Carolina's got a big game against Miami tonight. And you can listen to that game by the way, Dan six forty five on ESPN six eighty one zero five seven and the little ESPN Louisville app. And then also tonight is the Kenny Payne show from seven to eight uh, at ninety three nine The Ville or the ESPN Louisville app. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Kenny, uh, no, 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 no. First, I want to talk about, you mentioned Duke. Yeah. Did you see the end of regulation in the Duke-Virginia game? Yeah, so instant correlation, too, like when we – because calls at the end of the game were the theme of the weekend, right? <laughs> like yep. referee calls at the end of the game at the yeah. end of the, was kind of the theme of the entire weekend. Although it looks more and more like the uh, call in the Super Bowl might have been – for sure, the right call. Even the the player coming out and right. That he, well, he we'll, did, yeah. we'll 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 get to that in in the next hour. But you know, it's uh, it must make a referee f- feel pretty good when the kid said, "Yeah, yeah, I held him." Yeah, which you know, <laughs> by the way, kudos to that kid because guess what's going to happen the next time that there's a questionable call, uh, who's going to get, the get lead? it? You're right. absolutely <laughs> absolutely right. Right. But but here's what I don't understand. At the end, for those that didn't see it. Uh, Philip uh, Filipowski, the the uh, freshman for Duke, takes the ball. The game's tied. The clock's running out. He takes the ball to the basket, and and it is an obvious foul before the red light goes on. Yep. I mean, there's no question about it. And they let it go. But here's what I don't get, Mike. They go and review it, and and still don't overturn it. How how in the world could you watch that replay and then, you know and replays bug me anyway because now you know we we go to the replay to see if a guy's shoes untied or not I mean it's ridiculous how many times they go to the replay but they go to the replay the Filipowski kid obviously gets fouled before the red light comes on and they say no no we were right uh, the the replay is wrong. <laughs> the, the the evidence is wrong. We we're going to go to overtime, and then of course Virginia wins the game in overtime. And the ACC has to come out and say, no, they screwed up. 
kid should have had two free throws. I mean, I, I, I don't. If you go to replay, at least look at the replay and get it right after you watch it. And this is different than the LeBron situation against the Celtics when he get cried and acted like a baby and all that kind of stuff. Um, this is this, the foul was called. Then they went to replay to say the. And the replay said it happened afterwards, and then they kind of went to replay again, and it it, it was bizarre, right? So, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I don't. It's I don't know. I don't know how they got that one wrong either. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me about how no, they got it wrong. No. Well, let's uh, talking about Kenny and his show tonight. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let let's talk about that game a little bit. Um, uh, by the way, your uh, your compadre and my compadre. <laughs> Had <laughs> what do you call it when you make uh, when you make two or three or four bets in a, a row? Parlay, and, parlay. Yeah, he he had a parlay that he gave out on Friday. Okay, and and his parlay was take Kentucky on the money line, take Louisville and give the nineteen point. No, no, take uh, Miami. Take Miami and give the nineteen points. And the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so he was over. Listen, I would, and on the horse racing side, he usually gets if he does a pick five, he usually gets four out of five, right? You know, so. <laughs> well, he to, to give him credit, he played the trifecta in the uh, El Camino Royale. Yeah, he loves that race, and, and he uh, and he did hit that for a nice number. Uh, it was. Uh, that that was a nice win for him, but his parlay. So, um, so did you get a chance to watch the Louisville Miami game? Yeah, I watched bits and pieces of it. I didn't watch it all the way through. I mean, they I I watched right before uh, halftime um, to see them. You know, again, I I I saw this team fight at least. You know, and I yeah. think I think yeah. for me the big transition that I've seen for Louisville and where I think they're getting better is that you uh, at the beginning of the year L had to do it all. And now we're to the point where it's like we're watching L try to figure out how he that he actually doesn't have to do it all, and sometimes he does more than he needs to in the situation, right. and yep. not trusting his teammates, which is totally valid given what's happened this year. Absolutely. But you're seeing how, hey, maybe L doesn't have to do it all, and um, to me, there's been undeniable improvement with this team. Uh, I would I would say on one end of the floor. True. On, on one end of the floor. Uh, uh, do we have uh, the clip on uh, Ellen on his career night, Avery? She's pulling it up right now, I believe. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of sprung that on her, but she was probably looking at her phone. No, she wasn't. She's listen. She's attentive, okay. and uh, and she's got a smile on her face the whole I time. I pay attention. Yeah. <clears throat> I think right. she's just so happy that I'm here and Louie's not. So play it, L. I would say at the beginning of the season, I was still trying to adjust to uh, play in a way that coach wanted me to play. And I feel like lately I've been coming along and really just going to the game, really trying to get my teammates involved first and then looking for my second. So I just felt like tonight that was one of those games where I just let the game come to me. And when you do that, like the, the rim just gets even bigger. Exactly what you said, Mike. Yeah, and, exactly I, and quite honestly, I still think there were some times at the end of the game where he probably tried to do a little bit more than he had to do. Yeah, he played. Yep. He played fantastic. But, you know, he's he's starting to see some of his teammates step up around him. I think the 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 NBA African kid, uh, Okorafor, has been a great addition for them just to add some energy. And um, 
You know? Withers is playing much better offensively. Yeah, and uh, and I know a lot of people don't want to buy into this whole culture stuff that Kenny Payne wants to talk about, but I mean, listen, you know, you've been on teams, I'm sure, where one or two bad apples can make it not fun for anyone. No question. And no question. Uh, that that locker room culture is they're not robots, you know. They, they're, that locker room culture can can be one of the things that just propels a team forward or can destroy a team. And I understand he had the opportunity. The biggest fail he had, I guess, was the lack of communication after he got the job before the season started with the fans and not being able to bring people in. And I have no idea how big of a deal it was for the guys he went after with the with the uh, the the NCAA's decision kind of hanging right. over them or not. But that's yep. gone. And so he gets – to me – he should have the opportunity to go out there and and see what he can get done in this transfer portal and start to work towards that culture that he really wants to do. But this summer for him is hugely important. So Yeah, and, and it's amazing. And, uh, Avery, let's play Kenny uh, number one. It's amazing to me that a team and, – and I thought they did. I thought they quit, and I said they quit in the Pittsburgh game. He got no effort in that game. Right. But not allowing them to quit – uh, when their record is what it is, is amazing to me. Let's play that one. Well, the first thing is that, you know, it's not over. Um, I want them to believe that we can beat anybody. I want them to believe. I want them to come in and practice every day and try to get better. Um, and, and it's not a choice. Uh, L will be the first to tell you, if you're not thinking that way, I will drag you. Um, I'm not allowing them to quit. Uh, I'm not allowing them to bring to not bring energy and not to fight through practices. I'm making this as hard as we can, and I don't care until the last day of the season, whenever our last game is. Every single day, we're going to work hard. Um, we're going to we're going to try to get better every day. We're going to try to win the day day by day. I can't look ahead and say six games. I can only worry about right now, tomorrow. Build on what we did today. And then the next day we'll worry about that day. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's amazing to me that he gets these kids to play as hard as they're playing. And and you you made an interesting comment at the top of the show. Uh, you, you think based on expectations, best based on ranking, uh, based on who they were be able to put out on the floor, you think Kentucky's been a bigger disappointment than this team? Yeah. I mean, from being a national tender, title contender at the beginning of the year, you had that, that Bahamas trip where usually those trips are always like a good sign for a team. And then, you know, to not even make the tournament versus you were already picked at the bottom of the ACC, you're just historically bad, you know. So um, I, I, I think so. But uh, I'm sure probably uh, the conversation between the two fan bases can be who's had a more disappointing year. It's not the conversation we want to be having. No. No. in February in the state of Kentucky. So uh, it's really disappointing. And of course, now they've got Virginia coming in. coming in, And if they fight hard against Virginia, I mean, that Virginia team's like going to the dentist. Anytime you play Virginia, it's like going to the dentist, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, we talked, about, we talked about Kentucky and their schedule for the last six years. Listen to this. Virginia at home, Clemson at home, at Duke, at Georgia Tech. Virginia Tech at home and at Virginia. That now that's a brutal, brutal schedule. Yeah, and the Virginia Tech actually beat Virginia. Um, I know that early in the year. Georgia Tech obviously is the the one team that they were able to beat in the ACC, but that uh, they'll have their best player back and 
it's it's rough. I mean, Clemson's uh, much better than I think people thought they were going to be this year. And um, but I mean, again, Louisville went on the road to play a top twenty team that's one of the top ACC teams out there, and uh, and played them tough. You know, and I. Uh, not to say that there should be moral victories or whatever else, but you're looking for improvement. I mean, there's no question there's going to be improvement. And you had the hiccup against Pittsburgh. It's not always going to be perfect when you're trying to build things in. And sometimes those things are going to happen. But I think what's more impressive to me, Dan, is that you had the hiccup against Pittsburgh after what you know probably felt like one slipped out of your fingers against uh, Florida State because they showed tremendous improvement in that Florida State game too. And they responded with a positive performance against Miami. You yeah. Know. No, and and it's a shame. I mean, they had they had their best offense uh, offensive output of the year. I mean that you know L has a career high thirty three. Withers I think had eighteen. They shoot fifty eight percent from the floor, forty four percent from the three three point line. But you know, and as you said, uh, my Miami's a good team, but. This uh, let, let's play uh, Avery. Let's play number three. Kenny talking about the offense and the defense. Well, you know I like what we did offensively. I like the way we moved it all. I like the way we attacked the lane. I like the shots that we got. Um, I want to continue to play that way. I want to continue to to um, get the ball moving and and play free and play confidently. But at the end of the day, I look at these stats and I see three of their players at 20 points or more. That's impossible. When three players have that kind of impact on the game, you're not winning. Um, and that's what I'm about. I, I want us to win. The offense is great. I'm happy with what we did offensively, but I want to. We play this game to win. Yeah, and that's that's why I say they've improved on one half of the floor because this team can't guard anybody. No. <laughs> neither I mean, neither my, team can guard anybody, let's be honest, Dan. I mean, <laughs> Miami's a really good team, but they scored 93 points. Very very seldom are you going to are you going to win a game uh, 93 points. So, uh, uh which camp are you in? Are you in All right, we've already seen enough of Kenny. Get him out of here or you know, let's 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 give him a chance to see if he can get some players in here. Well, I'm I'm going to take this from a little bit different angle, just because 100 percent Kenny should stick around and, and be here. But when you look at the university as a whole, and that the new president's not even here yet, you know, you've got a brand new AD. Like the you you've got to start building towards some sense of stability within the athletic program, and given the turmoil they've had over the last six years. Getting rid of someone who is so connected to the program after one year would not bode well to the people that you're going to probably try to you know get to come in and take this job. The job's going to be attractive. I don't want to say that. I think it would be attractive no matter what. I mean, it's it's one of the top ten jobs in college basketball. But at the end of the day, uh, you right now they got to work towards some stability. And if uh, and if Josh Hurd believes. And the direction that's going, that Kenny's taking it in, um, and he believes that Kenny's making the cultural changes that need to happen. For I mean, these guys are pretty beaten up after what they've been through, and so I, I think he deserves the chance to see if he can get his guys in and and really kind of start to turn it around. I don't know. Yeah, you you no, feel the same way? Yeah. No, I do. I you know I've I've uh, I've been a Kenny supporter since the day he got hired, and I still believe that he will turn it around. I'm a little surprised 
that uh, th- that he didn't get better players coming in. I know he got a late start, uh, and you know maybe there were some people, uh, the Amani Bates kid, right? You know, I I don't know if he really considered Louisville, or I don't know if consider if Louisville considered him. Uh, you know, there was uh, there was some baggage with that. Lots kid. of lots of baggage. <laughs> lots so of baggage. you know, maybe Kenny said, "Hey, you know, we don't we, we don't want to start with that one." Uh, so, but but I was surprised that he didn't get that he didn't add more to this roster. I mean, he didn't he didn't add anybody. Maybe no. maybe the kid uh, Huntley Brinkley who. Uh, Huntley has disappeared. Yeah, yeah, disappeared. I, I, <laughs> no, he's Huntley Brinkley. Oh, you're okay. too you oh, t- you're too truck. young to I get that you. reference. No, I get I get the money truck. to get that reference okay. too. But uh, um, but he's disappeared. I don't know what uh, he'll be in the transfer portal again next year. Um, but uh, but but I was surprised he didn't add more talent to to this year's team. Yeah, well, if you want to listen to them, of course, ESPN Louisville is your play-by-play home for Louisville basketball. The cards are back at the Yum Center on Wednesday, hosting Virginia. 5.30 is the network pregame. 7 o'clock play-by-play with Paul Rogers and Coach Valvano. Uh, 9.30 or so, whenever the game's over, is when we'll have the post-game show with Ethan Moore. It's all Wednesday night on your home for the cards, 93.9 The Ville, and the ESPN Louisville app. So yeah, very nicely done. Thank you. I, mean, I got to fit them in where I can fit them in. That way, you know, I don't get Diener like staring me down in the hallway or something like that. So, uh, yeah, you better Sweeney you better coming after me. You know, yeah. No, you don't want that. No, you, you don't. You don't want that. Um, <clears throat> well, I I don't. I mean, how many games does Louisville win a game? I think they. Uh, I bet you because, and I think Paul Rogers made this. Uh, uh, observation uh before our show but the fact that they get an acc opponent in the acc tournament against probably another team that's not great it'd be a big win for them to be able to get one win in the acc tournament you know even if it's against another and i i like the double bias system i guess for that reason you know being at a, a, a person who's coached basketball teams that are trying to build momentum and looking for small wins you know uh, as you build a program i think that that's one of those things that you can say hey you know, we ended up. We might have only had four wins, but we won an ACC tournament game. You know, and um, and you, then you start to try to build off something like that. So, I, I, yeah, I'm going to say they get one more. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. Well, I I think they've got a shot to get to get one more in the regular season with Georgia I Tech. Think, yeah, I think Georgia Tech is winnable, and Virginia Tech at home might even be. Winnable. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, it'd be really nice for them to be able to get up and get one of these wins that they weren't expecting. Right. I mean, yeah, uh, that's where if they were able to hang on and beat Miami or get that Florida State win, um, it'd be huge. And maybe maybe that's Clemson. I mean, honestly, uh, it's probably not Duke, uh, but no. Virginia Tech's winnable. Georgia Tech's winnable. But maybe it's that Clemson game. Um, and who knows? Maybe they maybe they pulled all together and they get it done Wednesday night against Virginia and that start turning some heads. So, yeah, yeah. Um, are you an Indiana fan? I tell you what, they've been fun to watch this year. I uh, as much as I love Trace Jackson Davis too, the way he plays, the the guard they have number one um, is really electric as well. And um, I, you know, they're a team that there's so much parity in college basketball. Which I, again, going back to the NFL thing, there was so much parity in the NFL, but we still got the two best teams from the conference playing the Super Bowl. Um, 
and I wonder if the college basketball season is going to play out the same way. Same way. But I don't, I don't know exactly who those top <laughs> – I mean, I don't, <laughs> I'm not comfortable saying who those top teams are right now, you know. So uh, where in the NFL we knew that the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the, you know, the, the Eagles and the 49ers and maybe the Cowboys kind of separate themselves from everybody else. And uh, I just – in college basketball, I mean, you know, you get Alabama who looks to be the part – one of those teams, but then they, they lose to – Oklahoma, the way they lost, is, it, is Purdue one of those teams? You know, I don't. Do you believe in Houston? I don't. I just don't know who's one of those now, teams. That's that's why the the tournament is going to be so much fun this year. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Indi- Indiana is is really playing well. I think uh, Jackson Davis is averaging like four, 20, 24 points a game and fourteen rebounds over the last. Uh, you know, month or so. I mean, he's he's playing spectacularly. I don't know how good the Big Ten is. Uh, Purdue got upset um, at, at, at Northwestern. Right. The the Mildcats beat, <laughs> beat them yesterday. So and and Houston, you don't know who they're playing. Uh, I no, I think this thing is is wide open. It's going to be so much fun to watch the tournament. What's this your year. What's your take on on Jackson Davis at the next level? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think he can play. I I don't know that he's going to be an all star, uh, but uh, you know he's got a nice range to his game. Uh, he certainly. Certainly is a much better pro prospect than than Oscar. Oh well, Oscar's not at to me. I mean, you can't. He's just not athletic enough to do it. I mean, he can't. He can't go lateral uh, at all, and, he, and so he wouldn't be able to guard anybody. I mean, I, yeah, and and you know, a big man, a big man that plays below the rim is a dinosaur. Oh yeah, NBA, absolutely. So that, that doesn't. That doesn't happen anymore. Hey, a reminder that this hour of the show has been brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. When you're ready to explore the outdoors, there's no better place than the Bluegrass State. Hike forest trails, paddle through clear waters, enjoy a horseback ride, or simply soak up the sights and sounds of nature. Looking for more thrills? Hop on a mountain bike, race through rapids, venture deep underground, or zip through the treetops. This is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your getaway today at KentuckyTourism.com. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start, before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. 